You're tuned into the Lakeland Sports Guys. I'm Tom Carroll. Chris Cox sitting beside me. We got Stan Spivey in the house. The coach is here to keep us straight for the most part. Mm-hmm. And we've got a great interview that's coming your way uh, from Cambridge Academy as well. We'll update you on uh, what's been going on and what it's been like for uh, Coach uh, Deason as well. So looking forward to that. We're at Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. Make sure to stop on by tonight, particularly 6 o'clock. Howard's on Main every Thursday night. They've got none other than line dancing that's going to go on. If you are a beginner, want to learn how, starts at 6. Advanced lessons after the beginner lessons are through. They're $10 per person. It includes uh, both lessons, by the way, and the food, drink, and all that uh, is available from Howard's great staff afterwards. Uh, Robin Ruber is the uh, instructor. If you need more information, you can give Robin a call. 724-244-9559 is the number for those beginning line dances, and I told them I'd throw that in there and give them a little prop, too. There you go. Are you and the doc going to be doing it? We're going to try. Hey, <laughs> got to gotta leave here and go get your cowboy boots I gotta on. I'm going to get my cowboy boots on. I'm going to get my, my 10-gallon my hat. hat. And there you go. You'll be ready. You well, get all my part. Western wear. It's probably not Western line dancing, but we'll see what it's going to be overall. But come on out. Uh, enjoy. Got great entertainment that starts here, I believe, on Saturday night. There's nobody tonight or tomorrow, but Saturday night they have some great entertainment that's going to be up here on this very stage. So, uh, Howard's not only a great place to to get something to eat, but also great entertainment. And I know the local bands love playing here because of the crowd. They, they just, yeah, you're right. Because, I mean, he's going to have a crowd no matter if it's, I mean, it can be a late Saturday, early Saturday. He's going to have a crowd here in the back watching basketball. Big games are getting ready to start. I've already started today with tournaments. And uh, so it's just a good time of the year, man. March Madness is in the air. So let's go ahead and get things started. Uh, we'll start basically with the college uh, aspect of uh, everything that's going on. Then we'll get into the, um, High school stuff, and we'll talk with uh, Coach Beer, uh, Decent as well uh, about the ladies' uh, championship that went down. But let's start with the men's baseball over at Lander University. They had a, took another tough one on the chin on Tuesday night, sixteen to eight, the final in this one. They were leading eight six after eight in or after six innings, and um, then you allow ten runs in the final three to go along with that. You end up losing sixteen to eight. Lander falls to six and thirteen overall on the season. Belmont Abbey, of course, um, one of the top programs uh, in Division Two at fifteen and five as of right now. But uh, you've got to find some way to, to <laughs> you need you need some help in that bullpen, particularly in later innings. Yeah, you put eight runs on the board. I mean, you expect to at least be you in the should, dog fight for win, it. Yeah. You should win it. But like I said, it's like you said. I mean, Belmont's always been one of those top-notch teams. They're they're good again this year, fifteen and five. And I mean, you're right. Sooner rather than later, we're gonna find that guy that can close that game out. And because um, I mean, you can't blame it on the hitting when you when you're when you're getting eight runs in the game. So you know, and and Bennett Sloper, I think he pitched fairly well in the three innings that he did. He only allowed three earned runs um, or two earned runs. Uh, three and three hits. He struck out two in the process of all of that. But it's, it's, you just have to be able to – and when you go to the bullpen that early, too, it's going to affect how the game outcome comes. Anytime you go to a game, what I do is I – you see, I like to take no pass anyway. But uh, <laughs> if you don't watch the whole game, you don't really know what's going on in the game. So, I mean, would, would not, would me not watching last night, I'd be in there. I don't know. It could have been that situation where uh, you were at that point where you pull him out of the game and put a put another guy in and try to end that inning, and it didn't work out, or uh, you left him in too long. So I mean, I I I, I can't you know follow the coach because like I said, I wasn't there to watch it, and I didn't hear what happened in the game. But like I said, eight points. I mean, eight runs. You expect to win a game. Well, and everybody knows in baseball that 
the pitching can help your defense, but in the same light, the defense can help you off your pitching. Uh, if Lander commit, if the guy can throw the perfect pitch, and the hitter make good contact with it, you know, shortstop may bobble it, and or throw the ball high, or the outfielder lose it in the lights or something. That's not helping the pitcher. But then again, the pitcher makes a bad pitch, and the defender, you know, whether it's an outfield guy or somebody, makes a heck of a play on it, then that ought to pick the pitcher up. Mm-hmm. And, well, and, and this is a midweek and, game, too. Yeah, yeah. You look at it in a midweek game, you want to be able to get a lot of players some action that normally don't get action in this regard. But still, no reason why those last three innings should be like they were. Well, and that might have been, he might have been looking at some new kids in the bullpen that hadn't seen a whole lot of action. Yeah. But they're, they're 20 games into the season. He should know who his starters are, who his relievers are, who he's going to start midweek. And that's not only pitching, but that's in the field. Who's my number one shortstop? Who's my number one right fielder? You know, okay, maybe I let number two start this game just to give number one a rest. But if he doesn't perform, then I got to bring him out and put my other guy in. So we, like I say, don't really know what happened, but it's they're taking a good many on the chin right now. You know, normally we talk about the hitting. Is, yeah. is is a little more suspect when you are this far yeah. along in the season, and this time it looks like it is more with the pitching aspect of it. I was thinking maybe with the, when I when I first saw the record that maybe he's just not got the guys in the right spots. But you're scoring eight runs, that's not the problem. You ought to be winning ball games if you're scoring eight. I mean, runs. you you got your hitters in the right spots. I mean, you know, like I mean, I used to lead off. You probably were a three man. That's a that's a cleanup man right there. But <laughs> I'm just. You, you got to know, like you said, this far into the season, you know who you're going to play where. It's frustrating. We sit at Carolina midweek. Now, we're winning games. You're sitting at Clemson where you're not winning some of the midweek games that you want to win, but you're getting ready to play a series against a pretty tough team. And then a lot of times you take your eye off the ball, and I, like I said, I'm not even sure who Lander plays next. I got Emmanuel next. Oh, so it doesn't. It doesn't. Get it get any the good news yeah. is, is they've got a 13-game win streak going against Emmanuel right okay. now going into it. Okay. So. That's a plus uh, in that regard. They're 9-0 and against them at home. All three games are going to be at Dolney starting at 4 o'clock tomorrow. Then they got a 1-4 and 4 o'clock game doubleheader on Saturday to go along with this. But, um, yeah, they, <laughs> the games have gotten tighter over the last 10 games, but this is one that, uh, you know, Land- Landers should sweep them for them this weekend. If not, at least win the series. Well, this is one of those, like I said, you ask the coach if he's here, you say – you worried about the pitching as much as you are continuing to hit or what? And he's going to probably tell you, no, we got to get the pitching. we got to shore that up, but we're not that far off. Just give us time. And so, might be the next interview we go after. Who knows? Well, 20 <laughs> games into the season, though, I'm I'm thinking you you ought to be a little bit further along than what you are. Well, I mean, uh, and, we don't – And then, do you, you know, do, or do you have a starter that maybe like at Clemson where they've got some kids maybe with some shore – Shoulders that they're not wanting to pitch, but three or four or five innings, or is, or do we just not know who we want to start? That's where I was and going with that. You don't know what what starters or what relievers yeah. you got coming in. It's got it got an injury or something we just don't know about. Um, so, you got to do more homework. That's, that's on my part. I mean, you got. I mean, you 
I, I should have known you were going to hit me with landing baseball and a basketball over, but I told me, Tom, here I'll be ready for, be ready for next Monday. Well, Lander wrestling is still going on pretty, pretty well. Uh, they're getting ready for the uh, NCAA. As a matter of fact, coach of the year in Lasac uh, and uh, Coastal Carolina goes to RC uh, Laney. And then you got the wrestler of the year, Zeth Brower, and then, of course, the freshman of the year, David Hunsberger, to go along with that as they get ready now for uh, – and those were all conference honors, by the way, uh, for all three of those guys. So now they get ready for the uh, national championship previews. They're going to be headed uh, all the way up to Iowa, of all places. And it's still going to be wrestling capital. Big wrestling state. <laughs> it is. They should call it a grappling state. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be at Alliant Energy Powerhouse Arena coming up on uh, the 10th and 11th, which is what, Friday and Saturday over yeah. there in C- Cedar, Cedar Rapids. How cool is it so. the fact that we're going to send not just one guy, not just two guys, we've got a couple guys. We going. are sending seven, yeah. I believe. Yeah. For a chance to, to not only just medal, but to nationally medal. Well, and, and two. If all seven of them, you know, you could could come out there saying, "Hey, we are the national champion." Yeah, I take that back. There are nine going; seven of them are ranked. Yeah, so, so that's solid. That that's that's you look for good things to come out of that. I it's it's amazing. I'm telling you, we the Lakelands this year for some reason wrestling was probably the sport so far. So I far. Mean, in high school and then now even in college the way it is right now. but um, And that's amazing. That's that's credit to the coaches on both sides of it, in the, in the collegiate side and the uh, high school side of it. But, I mean, that's awesome. So, you know, let's go over there. Let's go to Iowa, grappling country, whatever they want to call it, and grapple your butts off. <laughs> We'll we'll follow along, have more details for you on Monday's show uh, as that gets underway throughout the course of the weekend. Also at Lander this week, um, they split a doubleheader with Florida Southern to begin a road trip uh, that was out there. Um, this is one of those games that uh, Coach Crawford, I love the way Coach Crawford <laughs> replays and, and the way he just it seems to attack. But uh, when you look at it, Lander split that game, um, the first game, was seven to four in favor of Lander, and then they lost one to two to Florida Southern in the second game uh, that was there. So they're going to keep it up, and they're going to be back on the road. Uh, you, you want more details on it? You want to follow along like we do? You need to go to LanderBearCats.com and find out uh, a little bit more about where they're going to be and what they're going to be doing. So might need to do like I did with the with the Gamecocks and the Tigers. I mean, let's put the boys, let's put the Bearcats baseball team on notice and say which one's going to have a better year. Can the ladies come back and <laughs> yeah. the lady Bearcats had a better season in in baseball or softball? See what happens with that. But yeah. but tomorrow five o'clock at Columbus State University is where the lady Bearcats are going to end up being. All right, uh, a little closer or a little further away from home, but still here in the Lakelands, you got to talk about Erskine baseball. Uh, they end up with a big, big win, 4-3 to three over Mars Hill. Um, and this one they kind of struggled with. You know, those midweek games can be a little tough, as we talked about with Lander. Um, this was one of those games because Mars Hill is 4-17 and 17 overall. You're 13-16 and 16 after the big win. But it all came down to, to one player and one hit, and that was Amando Becerra. He ended up with just one hit on the entire day, and that had to be the huge home run that he hit in the sixth inning. Uh, of course, Erskine ended up, uh, he, you know, he is the leadoff hitter and setting the tone uh, as well as drawing two walks, stealing a base, scoring three of the fleet's four runs in the process. I mean, he did a lot of other stuff besides that one hit, but I, I tell you what, it, sometimes that midweek game just, it's tough. 
Well, that coach, he, he probably patted himself on the back and said, everybody wants to know why I got my home run, one of my home run guys leading off. This is why. There you <laughs> go. Don't doubt me. <laughs> so It's yeah. always better to play ahead than play from behind. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So, Erskine, uh, they'll stay on the road this weekend. They're going to be heading to uh, the reigning Division II national champions. They're going to go up to North Greenville. Uh, who is 17 and 2 as of right now? It's a three-game series. Starts tomorrow, 3:30. The Fleet and the uh, Crusaders will split four-game series in Erskine's last trip to Tiger Town. That was back in uh, 2021. So, I'm kind of curious. You want to go on a road trip this? Let's roll it, man. Landon Powell. We just get we'll we'll just get Landon Powell on the phone. Hey, man, we're coming up. Put us wherever the heck you want to put us, but we're coming up, and we might wear that EC up there. And then he's like, well, by the time you get here, I'll have you better attire. But um, I think this that's what I told you, man. This guy loves that environment of baseball. I'm sure he's had offers to go somewhere else after that natty last year at North Greenville, but he seems to love it. And uh, like I say, he's a really good coach, and he's got some really good players at North Greenville. Well, he's recruited well, and now he's been there, what, four or five years now, so – He's got his program to where he wants it to be. He does. He, 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 now you're not building, you're just maintaining. And with the knowledge that this man has of baseball, I mean, how many years did he play in the majors? You know, 10 plus. So he knows the game, and he can teach the game. And that was evident, you know, leading up to last year. And, and then last year they just got on a roll. And this year they're on another road. They're one of the top teams in the state of South Carolina right now. Well, they got that junior guy pitching, and I, he is phenomenal this year. I don't, I think he, I don't know if he's given up, but about four earned runs already in, since we started this year. He's on fire. And how somebody didn't pick him off that team from last year, I'll never know that. <laughs> Usually a junior well, baseball player well, don't know, stick around. The thing about it, you know, he, he, maybe his draft status wasn't exactly where he wanted it. But you have to give it to the guy because he said, you know, I could enter the portal and I could go play at Clemson or Carolina. But why? I love where I'm at. I love the coach that I'm playing for. I want to be that four-year player here. And that's that's getting kind of rare. The air is getting kind of thin with those four-year players in every sport. Right. And there again, that's a credit to Landon Powell, too. Right. He's keeping yeah. his players there. His Tell players you what else there. he's doing. He's keeping his assistant, his assistant coaches there. Yeah. And that says a lot because, you know, they, that's some place. If it, especially if I was a high school baseball team looking for a coach, I'm going to pluck off of a, a, a national winning championship like up in North Greenville. I'm just – that's just how it goes. So, and Lander's not far off of a national t- championship no. either. No. It's what, uh, eight years ago? Yeah. Something like that. Eight, yeah. nine years ago? So he, he's – he would be my pick for this year. I don't know many teams out there in that division that's going to really challenge this team. I mean, I'm sure you got somebody that's waiting, chomping at the bit to do it, but it's probably going to be a team that, beat them, that they beat last year. Well, hopefully Erskine can – this will be kind of a measuring stick for them going yep. into the uh, region play or conference play, I guess you would call it. And, I mean, this is one that – no wonder it was close on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> saving all your pitches for the weekend, uh, yeah. um, and, and what you got you coming up, knowing them. you've got you've got your hands full uh, taking on North Greenville. Um, the other thing that's going on uh, happened uh, as we sprang out towards uh, Gamecock Country, and that was the final base or basketball game of the season. Uh, Lamont yeah. Paris uh, is done with his first year, 
Um, if you didn't know, it was a, a hard-fought game. Uh, G.G. Jackson ended up, uh, what, 24 points overall? Something like that. 16 of those came in the second half. If you watched the game with us, uh, Hayden Brown had 11 points in his final collegiate game. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is done. He's, he'll be moving on, hopefully making it to the NBA. But uh, for long stretches, USC had to look at a team that, that – Wanted to play spoiler up there in Nashville, and despite falling behind early due to eight turnovers in the first four minutes, they managed to keep coming back. And that's well, and, and my Paris. Both teams yeah. play, and, you know, in my opinion, and it's just my humble watching it on TV opinion, both teams played sloppy. I mean, and, and I, we talked a little bit about it before we went on air that, you know, in men's basketball now, there's no blocking out. There's no – pushing to get rebounds. If you get one, you get one. If you don't, oh, well, chunk up another three from 60, and we'll hit one sooner or later. And they failed to get uh, defensive rebounds. That was another portion. That was, that, that's what killed you. Well, hey, you know, Hayden Brown, he's done pretty good. Second half of the year, stayed out of foul trouble. He didn't really do it this game. Uh, they got him with a couple quick fouls. The one thing I always give them, give them the devil is that free throw shooting is a line on the men. They were five yeah. out of six last night. I can't say anything about it. I didn't cost them the game last night. But like I said, you got some really good players. Hayden Brown, you were talking about his next move. He's one of these guys that you can see in what they call the G League, which is the yeah. next step up for the NBA. Developmental it, league. Yeah. He spends a couple years in that. Well, you got to figure he's already been at Siddle. He's probably already, what, 24, 25? Well, if he graduated, if he, he probably finished the Siddle in four years. So if he went in as an 18 year old, that'd been 22. He's 23, yeah, 23, 24. Uh, but I think he, to me, he's more of I'm looking for an assistant coach. I agree, somewhere. yeah. I can go and I can coach because I've made that training. I, he he was good. I mean, he was over a thousand point scorer at the center. Yeah, he was. I yeah. mean, he he, and that's what's amazing is that he got no more offers than what he did coming out of high school at Norman. And everybody said two offers. And, and everybody one of them was says the and I think the other one was the PC. He was at SoCon. He was at yeah. SoCon. But let me tell you something: the ones that want to grab about SoCon, there's a team in Greenville that's going to be playing in the <laughs> dance. And yeah. They they go by the dens now, Furman. So you got Furman in there. You got College of Charleston. Yeah. The one we want to joke about these smaller leagues and these smaller conferences. Don't joke about it because they will whip you. Yeah. And like I said, don't he's a good enough player. To, yeah, don't you don't. Take them lightly. Whoever gets those two teams, one of them. Yeah. Furman's going to probably get. I mean, messed up in this thing, but somebody's going to have to play a College of Charleston. It's a pretty good basketball. Yeah. They're looking at a five, four, five seed probably. Yeah. Furman's going to probably end up being that one of those seeds you don't want. Yeah. Unfortunately, so uh, it's going to be interesting. But like I said, everybody jokes about the SoCon. I mean, <laughs> don't joke about that one. <laughs> don't take them lightly. No. Nope. The other thing about this game was that Lamont Paris kind of went away from the team aspect and more towards drawing up some plays, some isolation plays for G.G. Jackson and, and helping him score all those points in the second half. Um, I think it was one of those just to hopefully maybe see if he would reconsider and stick it around for another year, or is G.G. Jackson gone? Well, everybody's saying he's a one and done, but here again, I and I can see part of that, but he hadn't convinced me yet that, I mean, the kid just turned, what, 19? Yeah. Turned 19 in December. How is a 19-year-old going to go up against a 30-year-old that's been in the league for five, six years? He, he needs to stay in school. For a couple of reasons. Number one, get his education. Number two, 
Put some meat on your bones. Learn the game. And he even admitted himself that when he came into Carolina, things happened so much faster and so much quicker. He just couldn't get caught up with it. Well, now he's getting a feel for the collegiate game. If he thinks the collegiate game was fast, <laughs> wait till he gets to the pros. Those guys are going to eat him up because there are going to be people there that are going to be guarding him every day that's bigger than he is, mm-hmm. body size and height-wise. There's no going to be – there's not that many open looks when you're in the NBA. The only thing I'll say about it is I would imagine right now with an NIL deal that he's probably got, he's making a good bit of little change to play college basketball, stay there. Yeah. You're not ready to move up yet. Um, I'd stay there. If you do do the one and done, I mean, you're talking about 19 years old. I mean, 19 in the pros is probably a, is an old man now because, I mean, you got guys going at 17, 18. I don't think we got one at 16 yet, but most of these guys go at six, are 17, 18 years old. So he's going to be – Right on that age group when he gets there, but well, is is he as good as Bronny is in college right now? Or I would I, I would think that Bronny would be more advanced and ready for the NBA than Gigi I, is right now. I wouldn't even compare the two, and that's right. not I, I know the perfect guy to ask if I would give me the phone a friend. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, I, I've seen Bronny play. Uh, anything he, that Bronny's ever needed, his dad got him. Yeah. Um, I hate Michi Johnson didn't get the same thing from his uncle LeBron, but anyway, maybe he will this coming year for the game cost. But um, I think he's a good enough player. I, I don't think there's any doubt. What bothered me about this year was was Zachary Davis, who was at Denmark, and the two played each other and they played off off each other so well. And then we didn't see anything out of Zachary till the end of the year, so there was some kind of a conflict. The reason they weren't playing them together. I don't know what that was. But all in all, first year, we said rebuild, rebuilding yep. year. That's what it was. Uh, and I know, you know, everybody likes to come at me with old Frank. Let me tell you about old Frank this year at UMass. I really thought he'd be have a really good year up there. I don't think he has lost the game. They're 15 and 16 this year in the Atlantic team. So they weren't even 500. No. Mm. But, I mean, not saying he can't coach it, but everybody that wanted him to stay at Columbia, I don't think we'd have been better, any better off. You'll never know. I mean, no. but we got a young guy that's energetic. The kid recruits, so let's give him time, man. Well, you look at what – he came from Chattanooga. Yeah. Look a tournament at, team last year. A tournament team this year. Yeah. Well, right, right. So, so, you know, he knows how to get a team put together. Who's the coach he uh, left there that he should have brought with him? Because <laughs> we need yeah, to call him. We need to call him. <laughs> but, uh, you know, let's give him a year. He's He's been through the SEC now one time, yeah. so he not, he understands what, what uh, all about. the difference is there, what, what – as opposed to being at Chattanooga, what type of player I was recruiting there, I might have to change my mantra a little bit and, and start looking at a different type of player, a different body size player, different, you know. I got to be able to run with these guys. Old Miss was running him out of the house last oh, yeah. night. And, and that could very easily be what Tom was talking about, the reason he changed that game plan up yeah. last night, just to yeah. see what Gigi can do basically on his own to see if he's that yeah. guy that can lead them the next step of the way. But uh, all in all, and good year for Lamont Paris. I mean, we all want to win games. And, I mean, you know, y- y'all still got one left, so y'all need to get one tonight. Tom up here at – where y'all at, Greensboro? Is that yeah, what in Greensboro yeah. tonight at 9.30 tip. <laughs> so Howard, Howard <laughs> if you're not here at six o'clock in the morning, we'll know you stayed up and watched the whole ball game. He's not going to stay up for Brownell, I doubt. Man. He loves his team, not his coach. And be ready. Are you here? Are you here? Or are you going up? <laughs> 
He didn't hear me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The other thing that's going on with the Gamecocks, and this is a team that right now uh, is just lighting it up. They blasted a 19-1 win, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, against this last team. um, They played upstate or something. Yeah, and and that was at floor field, by the way. So we played there again. We love there. We love Um, it there. Love the long ball. But, uh, yeah, the Gamecocks now 13-1. They'll host Bethune-Cookman. This weekend in a three-game series, and when when does when I does think SEC it's the play? next weekend? Yeah, I think it's the next weekend. The we next start. weekend, I think most everybody Absolutely. has another series this week. Maybe one, hopefully, just one midweek game next week. Don't coaches don't play two the week before you start your your, your conference play, especially the two we normally play. <laughs> well, like the winter side of the way, that's one of yeah. the ones that we always play. And then College Jawson's another one of them teams that we like to play late. Yeah. And Kingston cleaned out the dugout, too. He used 15 batters, seven different pitchers, <laughs> so everybody got to pitch an inning. I'll try to figure out who gave the run-up, though, because whoever gave the run-up with, he's not going to be happy. He likes to win those games, but it's 15 to nothing. He don't want to give up that one run. So, but, And that's what you got to do. you yeah. got to get everybody ready when you go in to get ready to start the league play and, I mean, conference play. And I, I really don't know what to expect this year from this team. I mean, I know it's good to have our coach back, Monty Lee. He's back as an assistant head. And uh, but I'm gonna tell you that SEC and that ACC, and they're gonna be tough again. You know, one thing that both Gamecocks and Tigers need to work on is men left on base. During this game against USC, Upstate, 15 left on base. That's where you look at it and you're like, this, no, 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 we cannot have this. And the good thing about it is, I'm, I've been following some of the bigger, the higher seed teams at SEC, Florida, Georgia, uh, LSU. They're losing these games. So, like, I think Georgia lost to Georgia Southern. LSU lost to Florida Atlantic maybe the other night. So, we're not the only one that's getting battled in these things. But you learn from what you, from your losses. And we've only had uh, – unfortunately, we haven't really had that yet. So, we need to – we got that one loss against Clemson. Uh, but, yeah, the, the main thing I would take from that is the men left on base. That's the only thing I would even say that was even a remotely a problem last Well, and, and I hope we're not getting into that, that. – I hope waiting on that three-run home run. That's what know, we talked about earlier. Yep. Yeah, you know, continue to hit the ball. You get you continue to hit the ball. You get a guy on second and you get a good solid single, he's going to score. So just just keep hitting the ball. You don't have to hit him out of the ballpark every time you step up to the plate. Yeah, sometimes that's a problem. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, once you hit that home run, you, you get, get that, that in favorite, your eyes, yeah. man, and it's like I can hit every ball like that, and yeah. they throw you a changeup or something, you know, you're flying out to the catcher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Tigers, uh, they had uh, Presbyterian, and we saw what they were able to do against the Power 5 teams, and they end up coming up uh, with a 5-3 win the Tigers did over the Blue Hose, and this was a game that uh, – if it hadn't been for the second inning, this game would would have come down to the Blue Hose winning it towards That's the That's a end. great win for Clemson. I'm telling you, yeah. you, you're you going to look at it and say PC, but, I mean, they're, they're building a good program over there in baseball. So Clemson's next game, they're going to welcome Georgia State for a three-game series at Doug's Kingsmore starting tomorrow, mm. 4 o'clock is when that gets underway before they get into into play as well. Wow. And that could be a good series. Uh, Clemson still, if you're Clemson, you got to dominate think, that series. I think Clemson still got some – Issues with their pitching staff. Some of it's due to injury. Some of it's due to youth. Uh, a new coach. Uh, how does he want to play these games? Um, nobody really knows yet. Uh, they've at 
they are a lot like Carolina. They can get people on base, but they seem to leave them on, but they don't seem to have as many home run hitters or haven't hit the home runs that Carolina has at this point. So, you know, you got to figure out where my offense is coming from. That's Eric Backett. Do, like- do I need to play small ball? And if I do, commit to it, make the kids work on it in practice, and, and let's go play small. Or we just go ahead and say, we're going we're gonna to hit a three-run homer to beat you. And because it, both of us, a total different swing. It is, it is. Uh, like I said, Eric Batchel, that's a guy I followed at Michigan, and you're right, he does like to play small, but, but I will tell you his philosophy. And Tom will like the philosophy. He's not like my terminology, but he is a balls-to-the-wall coach. I'm just telling you. he It is from game start to game end that he stays in that thing. And it is going to be, if it needs to be small ball, that's what he's going to do. He just expects a lot out of that pitching, the pitching staff on that team. So that, that's where you're going to see a lot of differences as this year progresses until he gets what he wants on that mound. Well, and he, you know, you look at Carolina, they had the – advantage of having a a fall season they had a good fall season this guy come he's just trying to get his program in in the fall you know and and try to identify players who i've got who am i gonna put where yeah the guy can play first base but he might be a better third baseman than he is a first baseman so now i got to go find me a first baseman and you starting pitching, I think he had two pitchers that were injured to a point. Mm-hmm. Not that they – I it's think he's only got one that's going to be out for a measurable amount of time. But, you know, was that because we overworked them, you know, leading into the season? And, you know, you don't take a starter and send him to the bullpen and get him warmed up and then don't bring him in. That that that's about as bad for him as bringing him in with no warm up. So uh, <laughs> he figured out out there. Yeah, that's a coach that, that get about. It. I mean, they they got a good program <laughs> up there, um, and right now they're seven and six, so they're playing winning ball. And uh, but uh, just like with Carolina, when this ACC hits and you start having to play the North Carolinas and the Virginias of the world. You better be ready to play, and it, because it's going to be a dog fight every weekend, and you're not going to win every ball game. Go ahead and just trying to win the weekend. Just try That's to the win key. the series. Right. If you can win the series, you know two one, you can go a long ways. This is what we got to do. Both teams have to win home series. That's all it is in conference. ACC, SEC, either one. You got to win your home conferences. You're not going to always win them like Stan said. Are you going to be done with your midweek games for the most part? And now you focus on your conference, and you know who that you know who your your contenders are before you even start this the, the conference up in a couple of weeks or next week. You know who the teams are to beat, so you got to be ready to know. And that's what that's that's what the job of a Kingston and Eric Backage is there for to know. What starters I'm gonna throw against LSU or who's gonna North be my Carolina. Friday night starter? You gotta who's know that. Who's gonna be my yeah. Saturday? And who's last gonna year, be my Sunday? And last year we didn't do that at Carolina. We we just well we, we thought we had the, the one pitcher and he ended up not being the pitcher we thought he was gonna be. In. Well, and then we had some pitchers hurt just like Clemson has this year. Got some that you were expecting to be your weekend starters, and all of a sudden they're hurt. They can't go. 
now who do I plug into them? Well, those were going to be my long relievers out the bullpen. Well, now we got to put them in at starters. Well, who, who am I going to bring my short relief guys up to be long? A lot of different moving parts in that. And uh, But right now, Carolina's healthy. Clemson is getting that way. I look for Clemson to have a competitive year. That They're going to be in there. Uh, got to solidify the pitching a little bit. And they're hitting. If he's going to play small ball, okay, let's go play it. But Carolina's playing long ball. We know that. <laughs> we, we've we been witness to that. I'm kind of scared of that, too, by the way. Yeah, that, that kind of worries me a little I'm bit. I'm kind of scared. We did well, that last well, year. Well, it's the long ball and then the number of, of runners you're leaving on base. You get, you get a runner in a scoring position with nobody out, and you can't get him in. I mean, guys, y'all want to hit home runs, at least, at least hit deep fly balls so we can tag up and move up a base. Well, it'll be fun to watch and see yeah. as they get ready for this uh, final tune-up that's coming in, and if both teams as well. Hopefully it'll come away and get ready for, for re- or conference play. Well, ho- hopefully that, both so. teams can have a sweep this weekend. Yeah, that would be nice. All right, the other thing up at Clemson, I know Carolina doesn't start – fall or spring football until the 14th of March so it'll be Monday Tuesday that they actually get underway meanwhile the Tigers have already started and um, already uh, Wes Goodman is is preaching he wants the team to be more physical uh, the defense on the defensive side he wants him to play angry is what he said uh, in the process of all that so we're, we're going to see how that that plays out we also heard um, I think yesterday um the offensive coordinator come out, and, and Riley did, and he says uh, that the entire offense is getting a, a huge makeover in the process. So um, anxious to see where it's at. From what I understand, these boys are excited about it. The wide receivers are ecstatic. They can't wait uh, to see what happens in the spring game against this defense and as good as they're going to be in the secondary coming back. This is where Wes Godwin had better worry right here because I'm telling you, I've said it from, from day one, you got an offensive coordinator now at Clemson. And I think he's the kind of coach that you do change your whole philosophy around. Lincoln Riley wasn't that great of a coach until that philosophy changed him in Oklahoma. And then when, when his brother came in and started running the plays, Garrett Riley, I'm telling you, they got potential. And I, I don't like to say that. Being a Gamecock, I don't like to say that. But I, they got potential in Tigertown this year. And Wes Godwin's going to be – it's going to be some headaches for him in the spring game, I'm telling you. Well, I don't well, you know. You'll see what I, kind of defensive coordinator you got. I think I think we're going to uh, learn a lot about Clemson. And and the one position that I'm still a little shaky on as far as Clemson goes is their wide receiving position. Uh, do they have people that can get open, catch the ball, and then make a play after they catch it? Um, he surprised me with that. I thought he was going to say K. Clubnick, but anyway. <laughs> no. I was more worried about who was going to get them the they, ball. They, and, and, this, and this is going to go back to what we said all last year. It was. Let, let's run the ball, dang it. You know, you got a quarterback. Got you've got two. You've got two good, probably better than most colleges have as far as running backs. Get your offensive line to – to hit some and let's run the ball first, <laughs> and we can work on these wide receivers. But these wide receivers need to be working with Klubnik, and not just during spring ball. But when spring ball ends, they need to be out on that field, thirty minutes to an hour every day, just catching balls from him. 
Well, I'm sure they're That'll make Riley happy, I'm telling you. As I see, that'll make him happy that you can run the ball because it does open up that pass. Well, here's uh, the spring practice availability of Garrett Riley yesterday, what he had to say in addressing the media. At the last place, just like you mentioned, there was some familiarity with kind of what we were doing um, in terms of scheme and some of the coaching. We're uh, we're already prone to kind of what we did. Um, So that helped at the last place, and here it is. Definitely a fresh start. you know, change and some terminology and, and things of that nature. But a lot of things conceptually are, are the same. It just may be taught a little differently, different philosophy, just kind of a different way of thinking more than anything. And that's, what, uh, that's what's been neat to see so far, the buy-in from the staff. I mean, from day one of just kind of being open-minded and really just digesting everything we're trying to accomplish. And, you know, up to this point with our players, I mean, they're, they're eager to really learn this quickly and just kind of get in a groove. And that's what's been good so far is, is three days into it. I think it's a good foundation for us uh, from a player standpoint. Yeah, I mean, not a big wholesale change or anything up front. You know, again, I think probably just kind of dumbing it down. It's, it's more about just kind of having an identity, being consistent with what we're doing, and those guys getting a million reps at doing the same thing. You know, up front, at the skill position, at the quarterback position, you know, that, that's more than anything, that's probably the biggest difference. No, not, not, not really. You know, I haven't put a, a set limit or, or a, kind of a number on it yet. It's really just what we feel like our guys can handle, number one. Um, you know, and number two, I, yeah, everybody loves to play fast, but defenses have, have caught up and, and know how to play against tempo defenses now, too. You know, and certainly against some people, you feel like you could have an advantage with tempo, but to me, it's... What's, what's more important is dictating the tempo, okay? If, if you just play fast all the time, that may play in the hands of some, some people. So to me, you know, dictating the tempo is, is kind of the premium. But yeah, I mean, with kind of the way we line up, the way we formation, things like that, it does give us the ability to play a little bit faster. That's been the fun part, you know, is, is I get to come in with a complete, complete uh, clean slate for a lot of guys and unbiased you know, opinions on people, and I kind of get to see it through a different lens. So I think it's probably maybe in a way a little refreshing for some of our current coaches, right, that have known these kids and have seen them every day, and they may hear kind of a different opinion or a different voice on some guys that maybe they didn't think that way in the first place. But that part's been great. That's the fun part is you get to evaluate, evaluate what you do have. And, you know, if y'all y'all seen a little bit of our practice early on, I mean, we're repping a lot of guys here, as you should in spring, to, to really kind of get a great – sample size on these guys so there you have uh, Garrett Riley some of the thoughts that he had over the course of, of these first three four days uh, what's going on with the Crimson Tigers and we'll we'll try to get uh, hopefully I'm hoping that Carolina allow us to have that same option to to get in touch with this uh, new offensive coordinator as well and see what he's all about hey I definitely want to hear from him I say what do you think about the fact that he's going to dumb it up I love it here's the thing dumb it down dumb it down, <laughs> dumb it down. <laughs> you know we, we talked last year about Kay Clubnick this is the best thing that can happen to him yeah. Because I'm going to tell you something. How many people would have started a guy like Max Duggan at TCU? This guy saw the potential. The other coach didn't. You know, he had uh, the former coach's son, the quarterback that y'all told You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, he had him playing quarterback. And then and then Riley came in and saw Duggan. And Duggan plays quarterback and goes to, to a Heisman, chance to win a Heisman trophy. That's huge if you're Kay Clubman because he's coming down and he doesn't know anybody. Well, what? Well. The, the only thing that concerns me, and, and I think Klubnick's smart enough, but and, it, and Coach went to it, is 
there's terminology changes. There's going to be some formation different issues. But so far, everything seems to be clicking pretty good. So does that mean that everybody's on the same page? Even though the terminology has changed, the line's on the page with the quarterback, with the running backs, and with the wide receivers. If that's, if that's happening three days into it, you in good shape, brother, because you're going to get your offense put in. And I think he kind of made reference to it too that, you know, we're taking it a little bit at the time. We don't want to overload them, but we're doing good, so we might be able to get more in than what we normally would have. And that's going to mean we're going to get to see a lot of different players and we're going to know which player we feel comfortable with and which player has the grasp of the offensive playbook. That's the biggest change that you're going to have to let go is what you just said. They're going to Garrett Riley from Brandon Street who had been with the program already. Yeah, He already knew what guys could do. Riley has no clue. clue. So if you got, let's say, just joke around like B-Rad coming in from from Greenwood and you got – uh, Tom Carroll's going to play wide receiver. You know, he's out of clover. <laughs> he don't know who these guys are. No, so uh, you're starting from scratch. So if you did not have a good year last year and you sat the bench, this might be your year to step up to the plate. And that's what I think Moffa sees. And if you're Will Shipley, you'll see it too. And that your running back game should be fine. But I would like to see if, if Moffa's going to be your number one running back, let's see what Shipley can do at receiver, a slot. Let's see what he can slot, do. yeah. Well, I, I think, you know – both of those guys have been there long enough. It, it, who's the better blocking back? Uh, short yardage back. And then, okay, who can just make a play for us? Well, I think we all feel that Shipley can make a play, whether it's running the ball in short yardage or going out in the flats, running a wheel route, catching the ball. We saw more of him last year, but we didn't see as much as we'd like to have seen. They should have given him the ball more. And there were more than one game that they should have given him the ball more. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see what this coach, he, he made reference to, he likes to dictate the tempo of the game. Well, a lot of that comes from how well are we running the ball. If we're running the ball, we can, we can manage the clock. If we're throwing the ball, we might score a little bit quicker. So we don't have the luxury of managing the clock as well as we could if we're running the ball well. And I think that's one of the things that TCU did really well last year Mm -hmm. was that exact same thing. They knew when they needed to run the ball. Uh, A lot of quarterback runs from Dugan, but you've got better athletes at Clemson than you had at TCU that you have to work with. So uh, to me, that opens up the playbook a lot. opens up the playbook a lot. How many spring practices do you start? Brand-new offensive coordinator. You don't hear from Dabo. You don't hear from Dabo in this situation. Dabo said, no, you're on your own. Go get it. And he did. (laughs) Normally, Dabo's the guy that's going to open these conferences up and and these interviews up. And, hey, I didn't hear him that first day. So, maybe, you know, you got a guy like Riley's like, this is my show. You do your job, I do mine, coach. (laughs) And I think that's what Dabo's going to love about Garrett Riley. I hate we missed out on the guy. I really do. I'm going to give my man a chance. But I hate we missed out on that guy. 
All right, so we'll we'll follow along with the Gamecocks uh, next week as they open up spring practice, and by Thursday we should be able to get a little excited about what's going on down. There. Oh, you got to be excited now because, like I said, I don't know what's going Football on. Back. With, Football back. Well, I haven't forgot what's up with XFL. <laughs> the first week it was on, you could get on every Dag Lane channel. Now it's only on these little side widener channels that I can't get anymore because they're fighting against so, each other. And all they this. are. Yeah. So, it's still football. And, and, and the thing is, there, there are not too many teams that have that two, maybe three name players, players that that you recognize their name when they played at. But that's maybe. just it. You get other players, though, that chance, yeah. and they shine. And that was the yeah. beauty about last year is yeah. we, we found out a lot about some of these other guys and, and their opportunity to be able to play. Uh, and the NFL saw it, too. Yeah. And it have taken well, it, and it goes back to it. These are just, um, and I hate to use this word, and this is probably not the right word, developmental league. You know, <laughs> these are guys that maybe they got overlooked in the draft, didn't get picked up free agent, or somebody might have brought them in as a free agent. Uh, not really what we need. He's not performing. Then all of a sudden they see this guy playing spring ball. Wait a minute. We missed a boat on that cat. We need to make a phone call. We'll get him up here for in the summer. Once their league's over with, we're gonna we're gonna put him to a test again and see what he can do. There's some pretty good players. Like I said, there are a couple yeah. of quarterbacks that play good at you for some reason, Kyle Slaughter went from USFL New Orleans Breakers. He's now playing XFL. So does that mean he's gonna drop back down and play USFL again? <laughs> What's he going to do? Martavis Bryant is the only reason I'm watching this deal. I'm, I'm not a Tiger fan, but the group out of Cowan Falls, we the Lakelands, we've got to follow them all. He's the only reason I'm really following this XFL to start with. I like the Rock. I'm good with the Rock. I don't want to fight him, so we're good. Um, and I think the concept's great. I think the teams are great, so we'll see what we got from there. But Martavis has started out pretty well in the first couple of games he's played, So and he hadn't ran his mouth like he did at Pittsburgh. Well, that's the thing. He's got to you know, grow up, mature. And and be the professional athlete that he can be, well, and it, not worry about all this outside distractions and uh, like that brings you down. And I brought him <laughs> yeah, down because yeah, now he's making about did. thirty thousand. I mean thirty thousand yeah. in the, in yeah. the XFL. So when so. he starts balancing the checkbook <laughs> at the end of the month, he's gonna say, "Wait a minute." I need to get back up there with that other boys, and that makes you play better. I mean, yeah. I mean, if, if I'm going from making two million to thirty thousand, I mean, that blame. I'm for, for one. I'm divorced because yeah. <laughs> my wife's done shot and killed me because I'm not making that meal anymore. Yeah. Um, but I, I've been I've been greatly impressed to watch him play. Uh, I'd like to get some other Tigers' thoughts on it, our Steeler guys on it, see what they're thinking about Martavius Bryant. But he, he's got his head on straight again, and I think that's the key thing that took him out of Pittsburgh and. Really good fun to watch him play. Hopefully he'll be back into it soon. Yeah. All right, going to turn uh, towards the high school aspect of it here. A lot of games that went on over the course of the week. Greenwood had a couple of really big tennis matches. They end up losing 2-4 and then win 4-2 against Greenville. So they split that game, uh, those two games, uh, or matches, I guess you would call them, <laughs> in that regard uh, earlier this week. Also, boys soccer uh, for Greenwood, uh, they end up falling to Powdersville 5-4 in penalty kicks. And then uh, they also won this week against Easley in overtime, 
three to one to go along. Starting with that. out so, good, man. Yeah, big yeah. big time uh, wins for them. As for uh, Emerald, uh, the boys soccer, they fell to Belton Honeypath five to nothing. Um, Vikings uh, gave up three goals uh, late in that game, the last 20 minutes or so in the second half. Uh, but Emerald will be back in action against West Oak, six o'clock is when they're in action Friday uh, coming up. And then uh, they had a, a great game, um, baseball game. They fall to 96 last night, 8-6 to six being the final in this one. Uh, and, and, you know, Tucker Meredith can't do it all. You've got to find somebody else that's going to have to be able to step up. And um, that's, that's kind of been the, the issue is, is, you know, and Braley Jones, he's, he's, he's done well. So those have been your two big guys. But on the mound, Meredith has, has, has got to – he needs help. He's a lot like Driver Mr. Greenwood. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's who it reminds me of. You're putting everything in one basket, uh, your eggs in a basket. You can't do that, you know. Clyde trying to run me over. No over kidding. Here, a good like, thing there's a step on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> It'd been fine. He'd have been the one hurt. But, but I mean, like I said, I got a chance to watch a little bit of, of Greenwood Sea League last night. And uh, it was kind of funny because they were doing that little thing. And I didn't see Jim still. I saw TJ was there. And they were setting up the camera to see. They were working some kinks out. And a baseball game broke out in the midst. They had no idea that, that Abby Bill Greenwood were playing a C game, C team game yesterday. So TJ's sitting there putting a mic up. The other, the guy that was with him, I don't know his name, but they did a wonderful job not knowing the amount of game. And <laughs> it was funny. TJ said, "Yeah, I don't know who thirty one is, but man, hit it like you've been hitting it." And they went down a roll, no <laughs> yeah, names, like just it, yeah. the numbers. So the numbers on the backs meant something. So, uh, and I know Baker's kid plays on that team. So I mean, I think he was like two for four last night. So. If you need something to do during the, during the night, man, check these C teams out. Jim and TJ and them do a great job at Greenwood High School. I I expect Mac doesn't they do the same thing in Emerald probably. We just I just hadn't found their page yet to go to. But if you want to follow Greenwood baseball or softball, it's out there. Yeah, and then of course Abbeville uh, Benji Gleason does it on the on yep. air. So and Benji uh, wasn't there last night, so he didn't know about the game every day. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on there? All right, joining us on the telephone right now, glad to have a state champion from Cambridge Academy, uh, Amanda Deason, joining us here with the Lakeland Sports Guys. Uh, Stan Spivey is going to join us today, and uh, he had a good question to start with. Uh, Amanda, what is your attendance at Cambridge right now? Enrollment. Um, enrollment. Not a, yeah. Yeah, your enrollment. Do you know right off the top of your head? I don't. I know it's um, around 300, 350, okay. somewhere around there. Awesome. So that's about a 1A school at the public school yeah. level. That's what I'm saying, yeah. yeah. You're talking like McCormick, probably. Yeah. Size yeah. McCormick, Dixon, yeah. those schools, yeah. Where shows. <laughs> Well, first and foremost, congratulations on the state championship. Uh, you guys uh, still riding high, I would take it. Yes, sir. <laughs> and you just, it's, been, it's been a crazy couple of weeks. I would imagine. Plus, did I not just see that you you uh, were a coach in the Northside game? Yes, sir. All righty. So Cambridge is making that mark, and people are starting to learn like it used to be back in the days that Cambridge is back. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're trying for. Good deal. Well, talk a little bit about your, your background history leading into this and what it's been like this year for you as well. Well, I mean, I've been coaching. I think this will, this is the end of my – Six or seven seasons. These years, they go by so fast. But, um, you know, I started with six players my first year. And, um, and you know, we maybe won one or two games at that. And then so I've just been here trying to build it up and, you know, get these girls back into basketball. Because, you know, some, some girls, they 
they like to play, you know, one sport. And I'm just trying to, you know, show them that multi-sport athletes, you know, that's where it's at. So that's what we're trying been, been trying to do. And this year we had eight girls. So, I mean, it was a whole team effort this year. So That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, those that don't know, uh, Cambridge Academy did win the Skiza Class A championship by a score of 41 to 34 over Lawrence Academy, a team, uh, Coach Deason, that uh, you guys had lost to three times previously leading in. It's, it's hard enough to play a team three times, let alone four times. What was different about this fourth time? Um, well, this fourth time, we we knew that, you know, we had it in us to to win. Like, we – we played them three times. The first game, it wasn't really that close. Um, and then the last two times, I think it was like five and seven difference in the score. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we knew we could we could hang in there with them. And then this time, we just um, executed everything the way we knew we could, and and we did. So, When you talk an X's good. and O's, see what she's not telling you, I'm going to fill it in. <laughs> when you talk an X's and O's, you don't show everybody what you got the first two times you play them. It's the next two or three times that you play them, and then you win that last game. And that's what she did. She held out all the knowledge for that game, <laughs> and they won that game because of that. I have a question for you, though. I mean, how is it that Curtis Baptist plays in South Carolina Skiza, but yet they're located in Augusta, Georgia? Um, I'm not very sure. I know they, um, they've been in Skiza for a while. Right. Um, and I think they're just so close to the border, like the South Carolina-Georgia border. So I just – I think that's – I mean, they joined, and they've been there for – a really long time, I believe. So. I thought that was right, but I was like, I know exactly what that church is, and that's not North Augusta, South Carolina. That's on Broad Street. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, your your girls are still in. Are, I'm sure they're getting ready to start other sports, like you said, because you're you're teaching them their other sports out there. Um, and I'm sure it's been difficult because y'all were without a program until you started back up. When? Came um, two thousand. Like we had you talking about the basketball program, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. I came in, and it was their first year, but so 2016. Okay. So it's a whole new concept because I know that Tom and I and Sam might have went out there that first football game they played, and that's been – It's been about three, four three, years. Three, four years yeah. ago also. So yeah. that, that's awesome that you're starting that. I saw where the got, there is a uh, boys' golf team. Is there a girls' golf team also at Cambridge? Yes, I coach that too as okay. well. Okay. Um, so we'll be yeah. talking to you again later on when you win the when you win the golf championship. No, no, no. Well, well with us, we play in the fall. So, oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah, and the boys play in the spring. Okay, I just saw. I think I saw where they they played a tournament this past week. Yes. Awesome. awesome. Well, your state championship wasn't without a little con- uh, uh, adversity, I guess you would say, <laughs> in getting there. How is old Betsy doing? <laughs> Oh, um, well, she was out on the road the other day. Somebody saw her, so I guess they were checking, um, checking, make sure she was good. But um, I think she just needed a little bit of diesel in her, and we just didn't. We passed the gas station, and then that that was it. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> that's great. But uh, when you got a situation like that, you've really got to be able to pull those ladies together and say, "Hey, look." You know, it hasn't quite gone our way getting here. We've got to be, you know, we're actually in the state championship. You girls are this good. Um, you know, what, what what was it like for them? Were they affected by it at all? Well, um, I mean, they were nervous. You know, they were like, oh, we're going to get there late and, you know, all that. So they were, like, nervous about that. And then they were sad that they couldn't, you know, have, like, team bonding time all the way to Sumter um, because we had to get in different cars. 
Mm-hmm. But um, I think, I mean, they came in, we were kind of rushing. And I guess they just wasn't like, if we got there early, they might have overthought it, you know, and got in their head. So might have been the best thing. I mean, I guess it was the best thing that happened. So, so they're not, they weren't overthinking it yeah. and they just went out there and played. And then as far as the game went, your girls really performed well at the free throw line and defensively the last few minutes. Um, well, we, we got a lot of rebounds. Um, the free uh, the free throws wasn't so good, though. Um, I think we missed like 9 out of 11 or something like that, but like in the last couple minutes. But we did, we did get um, those two that put us over like two possessions with like a minute left. That's don't well. I'm not gonna get into you with free throws because I'm a Gamecock <laughs> fan. Our boys team can't shoot free throws either. So, uh, but anyway, yeah. it's just an awesome season. And I had told Tom I know he was gonna reach out to you, and I said, "Well, I'm gonna tell you something." I said, "I'm from Troy anyway, and I already know Jacob anyway a little bit. Your husband and I said I'm gonna reach out to him, and because I didn't have your number, and then he takes me back, and then you takes me back, and it's a pleasure, man. I I love to see these teams like Cambridge and Georgia. I mean, uh. Greenwood Christian and some of these other smaller schools getting the recognition they need. And you're not forgot about in the Lakelands, and that's the reason, one of the main reasons we wanted to have you on. I appreciate it. It's all right, golf season now in the fall. You're going to call me back. We're going to talk about another state. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll try. I only got two girls right now, so we right. try to get some more girls. Make sure they're two good girls. That's really all you need. when you <laughs> Golf one of those sports that you, you got. If you got one or two, that's all you need to score. So yes, you'll be sir. fine. All right, Coach. Thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate your time. All right. Thank you. All right. And, of course, that to the head basketball coach and golf coach for the Cambridge Cougars, none other than Amanda Deason joining us here. Uh, and what a fun interview that is to have uh, and the excitement on her in her voice as well, uh, talking a little bit about the championship and what went on throughout the course of the season. And even, Chris, when you look back, this is a young program, only about four or five years old. Yeah, and that's what's amazing because we remember – I back remember when they days. made the decision <laughs> to, like – I'm not going to say shut the school down, but they down – Well, they shut the high school part yeah, of the school down. down. So, can you – you got to be able to imagine how hard you're talking about now to do this, to come back after – you know, some of your years not being around, and now you're back. So that's amazing. And I guess I put pressure on them with the golf team thing. But, <laughs> you know, I figured they'll be there for it. I, these girls want to play. They're, they're two sport athletes, and they'll be fine. They'll be fine. It'll be fun to follow along with them as well. And then, uh, you know, you look also at all the teams that have been going on. And we, we were hoping to have PC Corals here today, but uh, obviously something came up. But youth football in and around this area they are pretty doggone good and they they uh what start at the five six year old age group and then they move make their way up to the 13 14 year old age group and these kids go all over the all over everywhere they went down to i think it was mobile alabama end up winning a state championship a few years back so hopefully we'll be able to get pc back on talk a little bit about uh gasa football here in the lakelands that's amazing lakelands that we're they're doing it man mr montgomery and then pc quarrels with football uh, they're doing it with, with spikes and gall baseball. I mean, you know, if you're young and you're in the Lakelands, you got a, more opportunities than we had. Let's just say that. I want to say a big shout-out to WC Tell. They are working hard here at Howard's on Main to get us better quality 
internet and TV as well. So shout out to them. Uh, they work extremely hard. And by the way, if it wasn't for WCTL, I wouldn't be able to watch any of the Lander Erskine stuff. So oh, man. big shout out to them for so getting me. So you got something me. to look forward to. So, yes, you yeah. do, boy. Oh, do you ever. <laughs> It'll be like uh, you went to move to a different country. <laughs> That'll work, too. <laughs> He's Chris Cox. I'm Tom Carroll. That's Dan Spivey. Have a good one. We are in the Lakeland Sports Guys.